Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. Okay. How is uh, this going? Mm-hmm. I'm asking and you're in silence and we all know. And <laughs> so I won't actually know until tomorrow when we start uh, we start the, the groups. For me it's it's going to be a way that I can feel the pulse of uh, what's uh, what's happening maybe better. But I can imagine a little bit how it is after a first day of a retreat and there's probably a whole range of experience some of some for some of us it's actually probably uh, sweet there's something sweet about it and i bet that for some of us it's challenging and we're visiting by uh, we're visited by uh, by doubt about the practice itself or about ourselves or maybe about the teacher. Um, yeah, doubt of, can I do this? Why are we doing this? Maybe, um, you know, the classic waves of uh, aversion towards um, the experience of the body, the pain of uh, sitting and walking all day like this, back erect. The difficulties of being in the body are revealed huh, in, uh, in retreat often. I mean, you might live with that at, at, at home, you might know that, but for many of us, when we come to retreat and we s- slow down, stop moving so much, it becomes really uh, apparent that to, uh, to have a body is not, uh, is not an easy thing, to have bones and <laughs> hormones and senses and tendons and muscles and all these things that we I'm told we have <laughs> it's not that easy and then to have a to have an inner life is also can be challenging to have a heart a psyche or however you want to call it to be a conscious being <coughs> to be a sensitive being sensitive to <coughs> heat and cold and Hardness and sensitive to all the movements of the heart and mind. It's partly why we uh, come here. I think that how it's designed is to um, create the perfect conditions for uh, compassion to uh, arise, for care, for. tenderizing tenderness and making the heart a little bit more tender be touched Mm -hmm. 
so my my plan was to talk a little bit tonight uh, f- spontaneously freely that's all I know to do I think about um, how that level of understanding that I talked about happens that uh, insight vipassana what it is how how it uh, how it happens why would uh, thinking things through not be good enough? Why would we have to learn this technique of uh, close, high-quality, sustained encounter with reality? Why would that be the way? Um, Yeah, so I'll try to put this in words. But and uh, maybe I'll just say that I feel really strongly about this. I've been practicing, uh, I think, for twenty years now, and how to say that my level of faith is really high. But I don't think it's that much of like blind faith. I think it's uh, it's verified faith, like from pers- personal experience, but also because of the the role I find myself in. I I am actually exposed to a lot of reports. On, uh, mm-hmm. on practice, on the power of this uh, <coughs> practice, and uh, and there's something about uh, when somebody describes uh, uh, this type of understanding that we're talking about, or we'll talk about, when people describe it, how often you, one as a witness, can feel the the, s- the strength, the depth of the understanding, or the taste of liberation that comes with an insightful, intuitive penetrative embodied understanding and so one of the ways that I understand this, uh, how it works is um, it feels to me like what we do here is uh, allow for a feedback loop to be reinstalled or allowed uh, when maybe I have or we have or some of us have been uh, running, making decisions, uh, understanding things from kind of assumptions or wishes or expectations or ideas, preconceived ideas, um, and there's often this shock with like, oh, oh, it's not how expected, or oh, it's not how it should be, or oh, I'm not feeling what I should be (coughs) feeling, or you're not saying what you should be saying, or, you know, all these uh, kind of little shock that we have (coughs) probably many times a day, like, oh, oh, it's not what I expect somehow. And so in this, with this technique, my sense is that we are actually are diving a little lower than that level. It should be like this, this is how it should have unfolded, this is how, you know, and to actually allowing ourselves to touch, how is this really unfolding? What is happening, really, besides my thoughts about it? You know, what is actually there? And so... <coughs> allowing 
us have to be touched by what's happening in the heart, the mind, in situations, in the body, in relationships, uh, allowing allowing us to to touch really what is happening, uh, and, and the feedback loop I talk about is. Uh, is to vibrate with what's happening instead of being vibrating at that level of what should be happening and then there's reality here and the, you know there's a sh- the shock is to actually feel what is there and learn to uh, allow meet feel maybe embrace enter uh, hold carry um get acquainted with, intimate with, in order to find the appropriate response, the creative response, the the wise response to what's happening, not the response to what should have happened, but to actually take care of what is here now well, with the f- with knowledge of what's happening. So so this is what I call sensitivity, becoming sen- sensitive again, coming back to the senses, feeling stuff. And so, if you're there, like, why are we walking like zombies back and forth? To develop sensitivity, to actually connect with the experience of walking rather than... I know walking. I've been walking all my life. You know, there's things to solve here, you know. That idea that there's, there's a problem to solve somewhere, and uh, I should be busy with that. And then this invitation, hey, honey, can you connect with what's happening here? Because if you can actually connect with stepping, you might be able to connect with your daughter later, or parent, or co-worker, or with the world situation, or with your intuition about, you know, your own ethics, not the values presented in advertisement, but your own inner feeling of what's right. And so we do this by paying attention to all the situations we find ourselves in during the retreat. Uh, and it's, it is an extreme sport, I think, of like, you're sitting in, in a warm room, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Until the body starts to reveal its achiness, you know, or feel achy. And to stay around, to stay, to stay open, to stay interested, to stay connected. Although the mind goes towards all its, you know, ways of departing, ways of abandoning life, and creating stories and other things that could be felt and known and should be or could be and would be scary to feel. And to actually stay around, stay around and feel. And so what happens in time is that we learn how to be here. Really, basically, you know, you start by sitting here and thinking you want, wishing you would be somebody else or be somewhere else. And and with a little soaking more in that kind of attitude or that kind of mind state, one discovers that it's actually pretty stressful to wish something else, you know, to be sitting here thinking, when is the bell going to ring? You know, when is the talk going to come? When is the talk going to end? You know, <laughs> and, you know, when is it going to be the time to go to bed? And when is it going to be the meditation? You know, and, and I should have gone somewhere else. I should be somewhere else. Like by soaking in these mind states, 
at some point it's kind of highlighted for us <laughs> that it's miserable. <laughs> but I don't say this with judgment, you know, like, oh, miserable you, you know, stuck in... W-. No, it's not like this. It's, uh, it's deeper than that. That's the feedback loop. That's the, oh, my God, realizing this is so painful to be here wishing for other sensations or another mind state. Can I actually meet just that? Not very much uh, sounds, you know, just little, whatever that's called, rumbling of the heat system. Can that be uh, experienced fully? And then, that's intuition, that's uh, insight. Oh, I can actually just be here. It's imperfect, this moment, maybe, but it's also full. And the way it's met might be much more important than what is actually happening. We don't think this thing, we're not supposed to, we don't have to. Insight is happening as another level. It's not thinking, as I said earlier. It's by soaking in different mind states. It becomes really clear to us that this is leading to entanglement, suffering, tightness, uh, bundle of uh, misery, you know, and suddenly another mind state that fly passes by, we're touched by, <clears throat> has a different taste. It tastes, it tastes wholesome, if that's the word. It tastes beneficial, it tastes liberating, not entangling. Like, oh, that little wave of benevolence or acceptance or closeness, despise, despite that it's not my preference, this little movement of the mind to touch, to know simply, wow, that's like a breeze for the whole system, for the heart. Oh, that's a better way to live. I'm putting words on things that don't come with words. It's experiential. We taste it. In the teaching is it's called uh, discernment. Uh, in akusala and kusala, what's wholesome, what's beneficial, and what's entangling, uh, stressful. And here we clarify this like this. So I go do the walking, and there's just the stepping, stepping maybe just for three seconds, three or four seconds, there's a simple stepping and presence to stepping, and suddenly arises comparing as I see somebody else walk by. They walk slower, mm-hmm. more gracefully, whatever else that I'm going to add up there, you know. And then I get to feel stress, me, moi, moi in front of the other and then I'm stuck with this for a little while and then at some point somehow it vanishes and there's just the stepping again and is highlighted for me two different ways of living one where there's the belief in the self and an evaluation of this self so use of the mind that it's called that is called comparing and it's highlighted for me how stressful that is. And how the other version, 
the absence of comparing is actually liberating. And I might have trained myself or been trained to compare and evaluate uh, and create a little self, a little symbol, a little representation that you put next to another person that is walking by. They were just a few visual useful to create a little symbol there of somebody better, taller, I don't know what, younger, gracer, fuller. <laughs> and so, and now there's two little creations in misery. You know, they are worth more than I. Surely they are. You know, it's clear. And I'm in hell. And so that's why I sit and walk and pay attention as I stand in the food line and notice, you know, as I bring the soup to my mouth and some drops fall, you know, how the sense of self arises and shame arises. And I notice all these movements. And I'll notice that some are actually helpful, have tenderness to them, have... uh, a way that they they know well how to accompany. They know that they're very skillful, very uh, agile at making life a little s- sweeter, softer. And some are really agile, skillful at med- making things more, I don't know, harsher. And humbly, I'm uh, invited to actually notice all these arisings and passings. It's not that they're empty. They actually have uh, power to them. And so I'm invited to notice the power of uh, mind states through sitting here and, you know, experiencing discomfort after (coughs) 17 or 27 or 37 minutes at some point there are sensations that are there and the different mind states different mind states that will meet it reactivity, hatred uh, interest, curiosity and in time I'll notice uh, which ones are friends which ones are uh, helpful So that's Buddhist psychology. There's a whole other uh, (coughs) thing also that is happening in time. For this, I... uh, Maybe I need to uh, stabilize the mind, pacify the mind some, and and also energize it. So I've talked about this a little bit today. So one way to describe this practice is that we're actually developing calming factors of the mind and energizing factors of the mind. And when these two will be, uh, um, these qualities will become strengthened and uh, balanced, It'll be really the perfect conditions for insight. 
for a deeper um, deeper um, or more clear clearer uh, understanding of life and so a few words on this and so the whole thing also is designed to go towards and it's not going to be exactly like this maybe it can be like this but more like this <laughs> you know so there's a there's a trend there's a direction kind of but it's a little bit more messy than the beautiful curve like that. And so what we're, the design of this, with the silence, with the schedule, uh, <clears throat> with the instructions to slow down, to pay attention, attention is to actually gather the mind that is scattered. The mind arrives here like, oh my God, my snowshoes, my skis, my suitcase, my room. Do I have a room in the back or in the front? My needs, my wants, uh, the people who are my friends, who are not, you know, who look like my enemies in life and who looks like my friend and I don't care about who they are. It's just their look is going to be enough. <laughs> and I'm, you know, busy. My, f- you know, what time will I get to the line for food? You know, my strategies for survival <laughs> and so I'm busy and busy and so I'm thinking about food food, 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 rest, 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 rest sport, sport, nature, nature and a little bit of how do I look <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, things like that or maybe you have a whole other set it's not important, you probably have another set <laughs> yours is more noble <laughs> the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths and, <laughs> and how they m- are embedded in each other and the Four uh, Brahma Viharas and, you know and you can and but the mind is scattered anyway <laughs> basically <coughs> or it's caught in obsession and compulsions you know and I'm saying this hopefully with no judgment I don't think there is I I there's a tenderness for this. I'm describing my own mind. Or maybe you think you're describing only your own mind. <laughs> and that's how human hearts and minds are, often. Or you might feel like you're you're not scattered, but you're definitely stuck somewhere. You know, now, uh, My mind is very unified about this one drama. <laughs> All my energies are going in one direction, (laughs) and it's also painful. So, the design of the whole thing is to actually uh, release all the different things that uh, fascinate us and grab our attention for a few seconds here and there, or in a more obsessive way, and to actually. uh, Unify the the mind, the thinking mind, the knowing mind, and the body to put them together so that they can experience the same thing. You know, I think as um, Charles Genou says, uh, mind m- meditation is to um, in English it's uh, it would be uh, meditation is to make uh, reality cur- or current time what's hap- currently happening. Uh, coincide with the mind of the meditator. So we, reality and our mind, we make them coincide that I'm actually feeling sitting while sitting instead of sitting and thinking about 
you know, the rest of the year coming. So we, we try to make coincide in a sustained way uh, reality and the meditator. Can you be there as you're walking, as you're turning, as you're laying down, as you're brushing teeth? And so it's a unification in the present. So this is a calming factor. So it calms the mental formation. Oh my God, no, no, no. That can, in time, calm down a bit and so that we can actually feel more. It's more degagé, uh, it's more open, so that I can feel directly the world. So the calm, the unification is also called concentration. So it's a gathering of energy in one place and keeping that energy there. Keeping not just the lending of the foot, but the lending of the foot and the lifting and moving of the foot and the lending again. Staying, 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 staying. At the same time, same thing here, not just a couple of breaths and off we go, but a couple of breaths, really felt, really felt. <coughs> so things become, <coughs> they reveal what they are. It's not just a breath. It's the, it's the breathing of a mind that is joyful. It's a breathing of a mind that is bored. You know, it becomes more... Uh, it's not just, yeah, breathing. It's breathing when interested. Breathing when discouraged. Like there's... It's not just the sensations of the expansion. It's the knowing of it. It's the consciousness aspect. The, the reveal, the revealing that actually something can know something. So it becomes uh, more richer. So the gathering or concentration, the calming or pacifying of the mind, and the stabilizing, because in that also the mind becomes less reactive, jumpy with opinions and preferences. It actually stays. It's a because it's calm, it can stay with discomfort instead of reacting really quickly. And so that's what we're building here. Uh, calming factors of mind. And on the other side, at the same time, building, inviting, cultivating uh, energy factors such as curiosity. Oh, what is the experience of hearing? as if I had never heard, so freshness. What is an in-breath now? What is knowing? What is what we call knowing? Or consciousness, what is that? How interesting that it can be an in-breath. It can take the form of an in-breath, of a belly rising, or it can take the form to reveal it can become joy or sadness wow it's amazing that consciousness it's not like it does just vibration at the ear door it doesn't mind it can do the ear door it can do tingling it's that flexible adaptable it doesn't have a form and so the more we pay attention things like this will before, there was no curiosity about it. It was moi, me. I'm walking. I'm breathing. There's no... It's just assumptions. 
I cannot even know that there's something going on. Because it's just me, I'm doing it. What, what do you mean? And when I slow down, I'm like, hold on, who's the moi? Who's the me doing it? Wow, the body turned by itself at the end of the world, of the path. Suddenly I don't recall making a decision, it just started automatically turning. Who turned? How's that, that uh, mindfulness can no tingling in the feet or no space in the heart or mind or no gratitude? It's such different things. Pressure on the feet and the experience of thankfulness. Do you see what I mean? Slowly the mind becomes curious. How's that? What is that to be alive? Such a strange thing. Before I couldn't do this because I was busy about, you know, what's coming when I go back to work, you know, how I left my desk and whatever. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm occupied. I can't actually be touched by the subtleties of life happening here now by gathering and quieting and stabilizing the mind, it uh, allows for curiosity to uh, awake, for, for us to be uh, touched for vibrancy. That's the vibrant aspect of meditation. Because if we just have the calming factors, it's going to be flat. And... Uh, 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 I can do 45 minutes of that easily. Uh, it's like really far, flat, nothing happening, no intelligence, stupid mind. Mm-hmm. So there's an aspect of being awake, being interested, engaged with reality, noticing, feeling, coming close to, uh, tasting feeling the textures of different experiences. And in that, <coughs> there will be energy that will arise. And uh, <coughs> also joy, enthusiasm. Oh my God, pain! It's coming! I've been bored for 17 minutes. Now pain is coming. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> There's going to be life now. It's Finnish nothingness. No, it's alive. <laughs> I'm playing with this, but that quality has some of that to it. It's uh, in times that this joy of meeting reality, this curiosity about it becomes joyful curiosity. It's, uh, it's uplifting, it's energizing. It might have the more the color of courage in it. I remember a few years back, uh, one way that it showed for me was uh, (coughs) I was going through a breakup, so there was the end of a relationship, and it was already painful, and I knew it was going to be painful for uh, for a few weeks. I was hoping just for a few months. Mm. It was actually longer. (laughs) It didn't follow my timing. But... uh, one of the uh, things that saved me, I could say, were very, was very helpful, was um, 
there was this the version of this that came it was uh, wow Pascal it's not the last time that you're actually losing something precious this is human nature it's going to happen again but it it could be good to actually be there and know the experience of loss like volunteer for it it's happening anyway but to actually say I'm actually going to be awake there for it and learn to accompany this to you know learn from it there's richness in there and it's going to be painful and for the length of the thing that and it lasted several months on and on it was this that was one of the things that were really helpful (coughs) was, was the that's not the last time people lose people and they lose things that are dear 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 precious it's part of uh, human life so there's something that is happening that is universal and is worth being met anyway there's no avoiding it you know may as well kind of uh, if it's possible volunteer you know like take it on or explore it and that little quality very often was so helpful because I remember a time before where something like this happened and there was no interest I was not interested in feeling I didn't want to feel that I hated that despised it despised the other one myself everything for something that was natural but that little quality with other, other qualities was helpful so maybe I'm just saying that sometimes it takes another form the form of not joy we're not exactly in joy but it's still an, a kind of energy maybe a courage maybe a kind of interest for reality this is mindfulness interested in what's unfolding the capacity to meet it And so balancing these uh, all these qualities, and you don't have to like uh, <clears throat> maybe at the end of the talk or now you would be thinking, okay, my God, all these qualities, I have to get them, you know. <laughs> you know oh my God, I can't, you know. Oh my God, they're flying all over the place. <laughs> you know, it's not like this. It's uh, the technique is actually pretty simple. Is to actually be there, here now, be here now. Can we be here now? Can I feel something that is happening here now? Can that be met fully? As fully as is possible, not more. And it can be the tingling in the hands. It can be the silence. It can be an in-breath. And by just committing again and again, so it starts with presence or mindfulness. And the other are developed in the wake of this uh, quality. So it's a natural unfolding. <coughs> and the Buddha says um, something like, it's natural for clouds to release uh, uh, raindrops and raindrops to fall into the earth and gather in the spring, in the spring in the river, in the river in the Saint Laurent, in the Saint Laurent, that's from the Buddha, in the Saint Laurent, <laughs> in the Atlantic. And in the same way that it's natural, it's natural for a mind that uh, pays attention, it's natural for it. To, uh, for all the different factors to gather in this way also along the way 
and lead uh, to uh, it's not just that we have beautiful factors that are aligned you know like oh my god look at that you know it's not like this it's because it leads onward it's onward leading it's liberating it leads to seeing things as they are to seeing clearly to understanding and understanding is related to releasing the shackles of the heart the difficult emotions are there because there's a wrong understanding there's a mistaken views we've we've understood wrongly what is happening we've taken personal what is not we've uh, projected satisfaction where there wasn't we uh, have project we have uh, fused started owning things that are not ours uh, <coughs> perceived uh, stability and duration and permanence permanence where things are dynamic, fluid, moving, relational, uh, dynamic in this way. <coughs> and so by st- stabilizing these qualities and bringing more calm and curiosity in the field of the present, suddenly we start to notice that the body that we thought was a mind and solid and my body and that's it, end of the story, suddenly we start to notice that it's a very alive field of expansions and contractions and pockets of heats and cold and transforming into this and that and that it moves all the time the body is alive it's nature it's meteorology meteorology yeah and and this I might say it this is information these are words but sitting in it with the quality attention, non-reactive, engaged mind, this is very touching to notice how things appear and disappear also in the heart and mind. What am I doing here? You know, is a, a huge formation that has power to it, strength, felt sense, grabbing at the throat or heart or belly, and it actually does its wave-like thing and vanishes and suddenly you're sitting in front of a ginger tea you know and that whole question of my worth or what am I doing here which seems so real while it was reveals its dynamic nature it was existing but only for a while and so that's the liberation of the, the Buddha seems to be very, very much related to our capacity to recognize, to feel in a sustained way, again and again and again, to to touch, to understand, to uh, yeah, feel the dynamic nature of uh, appearances. We could call everything like that, appearances. Things appear appearances in the sense that they appear and they disappear. Especially, I'm not talking about the nature of reality here. I think it also fit in this way. But I'm talking mainly about from the point of view of a human being. From the point of view of a human being, things are flickering. Your whatever is your obsession actually was flickering all day. It was in existence and non-existent. You know, let's say something happened at Christmas. 
this thing that happened at Christmas keeps disappearing. It's not like there all the time. The more I pay attention, the more I'll see that it actually completely vanishes, sometimes for seconds, while I'm judging somebody else about something. (laughs) (laughs) Or wanting somebody's crocs or Birkenstocks. (laughs) You know? That this disappears. Even uh, my toes, regularly, from the point of view of a human being, from the point of view of the experience of a human being, toes disappear all the time and reappear or exist and don't exist. That's shaking my worldview. What do you what do you mean? My toes are always there. Are they in experience all are they? From from your experience, from your direct experience, are they? So even even if something solid like this ball keeps appearing and disappearing in my consciousness. I don't know. It says a lot about my misunderstanding of reality, how I've taken things to be solid and permanent when they're actually, from the point of view of my experience, appearing and disappearing. Like this retreat, like Ontario, like uh, (laughs) your car, like... uh, your sense of worth, like your identity as a daughter or mother or sister or brother or genderized or not, you know. Flickering, appearing, disappearing all the time. So even if you're, um, if you happen to be uh, codependent, kind of existing only in relationship to somebody else, even that person is disappearing and (laughs) appearing in your mind. (laughs) And if like moi, you're more like narcissistic or egocentric, even yourself, myself, keeps appearing and disappearing. I'm joking a little bit with all of this, but by becoming really quiet and attentive this is hard to see says the Buddha apparently the flickering nature of reality for a human being but also deeply touching when we see this oh my god what I've thought and maybe I'm even in my using of words I create uh, some erroneous 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 views because it's not like the things come back like it presents the idea that they were there the whole time. They actually are non-existent when they're not there. They are not existent in experience. And so it requires of us a different kind of attention, a different quality of attention, an attention that is not habitual, superficial, Ordinary, it requires an attention that has a little bit more depth to it, stability, duration. It's a extraordinary attention because otherwise, its assumptions will lead and habits. 
And so it requires a, a, a different kind of presence that we're developing here. And all this is, uh, is to release the heart. This is why this is practiced, this is why this is talked about, is to release the heart. It's not because it's intellectually stimulating, it's because this is the doorway, apparently, the path to care, to you know, realizing that things appear and disappear and they they're not in my control they have their own life that is related to the whole matrix you know, they appear when the conditions are there for them to appear in my mind and they disappear when the conditions are not there when I see the flickering nature in a more intimate way it's uh, it shakes me that's insight shakes my views and it releases the heart suddenly there's wow things are changing appearing and disappearing and everything that is dear to me will disappear wow and not only to me but to everybody else we're all in the same boat how amazing is that suddenly there's more connection wow we're all in this together. We all don't know what's coming. We all have ideas, expectations, uh, assumptions, uh, statistics, or uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Probabilities, you know. But still, we're all in the same place where we don't know when health will go. We don't know when someone else will go. We don't know when peace will go. And it's actually precious, all these things. So worthy of being maybe appreciated, cherished, honored, cared for. And so it's the door, the path to compassion, to joy. So we don't have to live in the fear that we'll lose something, we will. And so that's a deep kind of wisdom. It's not like, uh, you can see it's not that easily accessible, but it is. It's a deep understanding that things will be lost. Memory, Anything that seems to have value will be lost. And in that, there might, there could be, maybe it's not experienced like this right now, but there can be a joy that is released. Oh, I don't have to hope that it'll last or be scared that it'll go. I can let go of the fear. I can let go of the hope that is stressful for me. Like, will I be the chosen one who never dies? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
And so these are a few uh, ideas on practice. What is practice? Why we practice? How it unfolds? Of course you're going to have your what will seem like your personal voyage, journey in this, you know. It'll seem personal, it'll be personal. And maybe we'll find out that actually it was not so personal. It was nature, human nature. And so we'll practice tonight <coughs> again, allowing impressions to arise as they do be noticed, be known as they can, and be released as they will depart. You know? So impressions of the body, impressions of the sensations, impressions of uh, you know, the hearing world, impressions of the heart, flashes of memories, present arisings of visions of places and people, and constructions, creations of the mind of the future arise in the heart and our wakefulness, our being awake is, it, is not being entranced and believing its reality but noticing the mirage-like appearance-like appearing uh, nature of these things sudden impressions that I'm worth more or less can we let that uh, impression do its thing with the heat or the pride or the shame? Just let it arise, you know, three-dimensionally in the heart, in the mind, the vision. You piece of shit. You know, the whole feeling with it. Let it arise and see the magic show. Become aware of that. That's a presently arisen vision not reality it's a construction of the mind it's very tangible it's, it makes hormones do what they do and muscle do what they do and it influences the whole system and it passes wave of boredom don't be fooled. It doesn't mean that it's not worth being here. It's just a mirage. It appears like this. Never going to end. Nothing's ever going to happen. <laughs> Stuck <laughs> in retreat forever. <laughs> you, you can come in but never leave. <laughs> like Hotel California. It'll appear like this mirage very convincing let it do its thing be awake in that and then wow something else will come
Let's uh, sit for just a moment here and notice what's alive. <coughs> Our life is manifesting right now. Notice the alive nature of uh, the universe of uh, sounds and vibrations. It's alive. Notice the alive nature, dynamic nature of the body pulsing and contracting and expanding and beating and tingling and pressing. Notice the alive nature of pressing, the point of contacts uh, with the floor or cushion or chair. Pressing is alive and well. Notice the dynamic nature of consciousness, how it meets and becomes and reveals uh, an in-breath, an expansion of the belly, and a moment after a sound, a voice, is highlighted, revealed by it. It can be the whole body or it can be just one little finger. can be engrossed in uh, entranced in the world of ideas or it can suffuse the whole hand this idea of you that you have mistakenly taken to be just it, permanent. And a closer look with uh, deeper attention reveals its uh, extremely dynamic nature, how your form is changing constantly, your mind, your body.
your idea of you too like this or not enough like that is just one of the particular ephemeral arisings that you've uh, maybe given more reality than it uh, has May we be allowed to let life take the forms it takes and meet it joyfully, calmly, compassionately, wisely, creatively, for our own benefit and for the protection also and the benefit of others. Thank you for your uh, attention. I hope that in this uh, impressionistic talk, this is something that will uh, help you along today or in the next days. Thanks. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.